right? Uh-huh. Is that just for white gods? I think so. No, there's no, no uh, Maui? No. Uh-uh. No, think You're so. welcome! <laughs> Maybe that's not a thing. Maybe not. Uh, do you want to talk about the return of American Gods? Yeah, I do. I think we should get right into it. Oh, okay. So we're the Just Enough Joe podcast. I'm your host, Calvin. Joey's always my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hana. And we're going to talk about the return of American Gods. Just yes. to start this off yep. with a bang. Yeah. We come from the land of the ice and snow. We do. Although it's not as snowy and icy as it used to be. It's still pretty bad, though. We had a we've had a pretty rough winter. Expect us to begin talking about how hot it is in here any any moment now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not not right now, though. No. Uh, yeah. So uh, American Gods is back on TV, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I don't know if it was it was never in doubt because the greatest god who we haven't run into in this show yet is money, right? Right. So this thing was never not going to happen, but it had um its own. Sort of a crisis of faith, if you will, uh, after its first season. Yeah. Do you want to fill people in on that? Well, sure. Brian Fuller did not return as, uh, I think he was executive producer. Is that right? He was the whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. Showrunner, head writer, executive producer. Yeah. I think he didn't come back because they were not going to give him the amount of money that he felt like he needed to produce the show. Um, (sighs) Which is strange. Yeah. Because this show looks like a million bucks. It's expensive. Yeah. It looks great. Yeah, it does. I mean, you can shoot in the House on the Rock. <laughs> right, in Wisconsin. So, yeah, so you pay them, yeah. and that's part of it's taken care of, but there's right. lighting and there's all these things, and you can yes. shoot in a Costumes. diner, but how do you make that diner look you know, CD warm and, and like, seedy, yeah, but like also like a slice of Americana right. without the washed out. Uh, 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 Neon bulbs. lights, uh, yeah, yeah, like fluorescent bulbs. No, you got to have all this, you know, warmth and incandescent light in there, yeah. and so this all costs money. Mm-hmm. But apparently, it wasn't enough money for him. No, it was now, not. Is that what you tell people? Because um, we don't know, know what that else you would Brian tell Fuller's. This is this is not this is a thing for him. This uh, is like the third show in as many years yeah. that he has. Um, parted ways with i think he has pretty high standards and when those (laughs) standards aren't met he's like see ya because he doesn't want to put his name on something that he feels like might be mediocre yeah i mean we have yet to once again reach the heights of wonder falls so yeah 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 has he ever made a movie does he know how much i don't know shows are supposed to cost i don't know why doesn't he try to make a movie i have no idea well i mean he will be fighting for money but it will be $40 $40 million for two hours instead right. of, you know, six for eight or, yeah, or I whatever know. it is. Right. I guess the math pretty much works out the same. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but it's not. The movie isn't eight hours long. Right. So, it, yeah. So it's weird. So we've got a, a whole turnaround here. Yeah. And Jillian um, uh, Anderson is also not returning. Yes. Because Brian Fuller left. At least yes. that's the reason she gave. And she was media and she was great in it. So I don't know who they're going to get to replace her, but they're going to get... They have somebody to replace her, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and it was fun to have, you know, if this it was ba- like if this was set in 2050 and there's like a third round of gods who are going to now that we're all cyber pollened into the into the data brain or something like that sure. and that we were fighting against the gods of like 90s TV, you know, just like a uh hard uh, hard copy guy. Well, who's the who's the guy? 
Evan, we'll do a live. <laughs> like that, that guy's news, you know, and right. then like Bo Jackson is sports. Right. Uh, TV would be Jillian Anderson. Right. <laughs> so, so it's fun to just have her dress up as Lucy and Marilyn yes. and all these things. And then it's also her face under it. Yeah. But it's true that, you know, as a character, I mean, you can just recast that character. Yeah. And also, it it's evidence that she's still on top. Like, she just doesn't need to do this. No, she doesn't. How'd you like to have a, you know, kind of important role on a Showtime show? Uh, yeah. Or stars. Sorry. Yeah. Stars. Yes. Uh, no, I'm good. Yeah, I know. I got, I got a ton of other things to do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, so she's out. Yeah. And coming in to replace uh, Fuller <coughs> and uh, his partner Green, uh, Michael Green, was uh, Jesse Alexander, who was a um, executive producer and writer on Heroes. Okay, sure. And I think Alias, and also he worked on Lost, so Guy Knows Episodic uh, Broadcast TV. Sure. And Mr. Uh, Neil... Gaiman, I think this is how you say his Stop name. It. Looks like G A I M A N, as the uh, other showrunner. Yeah, well, I think they found a fairly good replacement. Yeah. Um, now, in September of last year, Jesse Alexander was fired from the show. Are you serious? Yes. So basically, Gaiman's in it's charge. His baby now. He is a co-showrunner uh, with no. Co. With no co. Yeah. And then um, I think a line producer and like just one of the associate producers just got bumped up to like, you guys are in charge. Executive producer. You now. guys are signing the checks basically. Okay. So the show from here on out will be Neil Gaiman's show. That's for crazy. For good or worse. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know if you've seen Mirror Mask, but uh, I have not. he wrote the script for the pilot, or not pilot, it is something of a repilot of the, uh, the, the first, first episode season of, second, of the season. Uh, season two. Okay. Uh, called House on the Rock, featuring yep. the titular House on the Rock. Yep. Uh, you've been to the House on the Rock. I have. I, I went there back when I was in high school, I'm pretty sure. And we actually met my grandparents there. Um, and my grandparents lived just outside of Chicago and I grew up, you know, in the Twin Cities. So it was kind of a like halfway point, but we just decided we were going to go see the house in the rock and do a couple other random things in Wisconsin. I'm not really sure why, but <laughs> that's it's, what we decided. There are a lot of things to see. Yeah. Um, and what I remember is there being room after room after room of like tchotchkes and things. Um, I particularly remember like the Christmas room. It was yeah. like <laughs> yeah. mostly Santas like everywhere. Um, and then I also remember there being a glass floor that went out right. to a certain point and being really freaked out about that because I have... I have this thing with like heights. I don't like, um, you know, like overpasses, like with the bridge, like walkways or something like that. I don't like the feeling like I might be able to fall from someplace. Okay. Um, so I didn't really like the glass floor. That made me feel like vulnerable, even though it's like in enclosed and everything. Yeah. I, I just didn't really like that part. Okay. So that's what I remember from the house on the rock. <clears throat> um, uh, I've never been. No? I've been to, I think, literally every attraction there is in the greater Dells area in sure. Wisconsin. Sure, yeah. Uh, because my family, um, we summered there. Sure. I don't even want to use that verb because it's not, it doesn't describe what we were doing, but we'd go to Wisconsin for the summer. And I don't, we never went to the House on the Rock. That's so weird. I don't know why. So well, we I should only... go sometime. Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> so I only know it from um, the descriptions in the book, American Gods. Yeah. 
Uh, and just what I've seen in you know brochures and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that does set the backdrop for this. And of course, this lines up with the book. This is pretty much you know the start of the second act, if you will, of the book. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I think we've got like three seasons here, right? Probably like, about this is going to wrap up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, already, they've had. They're in the American hotel. Yes. Um, I think we were talking about how they'll probably try to do. You know, Shadow lives in a cabin on a lake in mm-hmm. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. It'll be like one episode instead of an entire third of the book. Right. The whole My Einzel thing. Right. Uh, and then we'll just kind of get to it, right? So does can this show go more than three seasons? Maybe four. Maybe four. Maybe four. Um, I mean, they could definitely add some padding. Well, and like... this, and we can talk about it. We should be talking about it. Uh, this episode was had some padding. In it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and like add some things that were not in the books and was the you know stuff like that i i think that they are definitely capable of that um especially if they want to stretch it out which they may want to do yeah um and especially with neil gaiman uh, helping to be showrunner and everything i mean he, i'm sure he's consulted if like they you know go off off book so to say um and um I'm sure he has other ideas of places they could go and things that they could do, um, you know, that he maybe just didn't include in the book just for to keep it more succinct. You know, maybe he has ideas that he left out of the book on purpose, but maybe would be added to a TV show. Well, he apparently um, he's got he's TV now because he's got this. He's heavily involved with good omens i know that yes um i'll give it to him that he's not trying to direct one of these right so if he just wants to have the sort of controlling hand as far as the story goes right we've got a long tradition of you know matthew weiner's and uh david simon's and mm-hmm. david milch's who you know are the guys who are like the creative wh- what, what would this character do where are we going now right go to the brain he knows right. and so mm-hmm. so i mean if he wants to do that i think that that's Probably a good move. I have to say that just coming out of the gate, um, I did enjoy this episode. Mm-hmm. Although it did, I'm trying to feel how it's different, and it, we might not even see it in the DNA yet. Uh, how it's different than what Fuller might deliver. Sure. And I, maybe it's just my imagination, but it did feel <laughs> more gamey. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's something that you get that I don't know. For some reason, it doesn't it doesn't hurt as much in a comic book like Sandman. As it does in a TV show, but I'm getting a little sick of the whole. Whenever they go somewhere, they're going to meet some new god, and they you have to they have to go through their whole thing, you know. So they come out, and it's like, right, you son of a bitch. Well, look what the leprechaun dragged in, yeah. old Mister Wednesday. Right. Well, gee, I haven't seen you since you crawled out of your goat's ass or whatever. Right. Are they still just boiling sacrifices to you down in the thing? Well, 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 it's been a thousand years. <laughs> okay, everybody, we know who all these people are. I, I know. In fact, they're even meeting at the House on the Rock. That's the new place. We, right. I know who Anansi is. I know who Bilquis is. Everybody's got to do their whole a loopy doopy doopy doo. I know. <laughs> Well, the guy with like the hammer, he says multiple times, "I'm only here because I lost checkers to your boy." And then, yeah. and I mean, he he says that the Wednesday, he says that the shadow, yeah. Um, and he even says the shadow, "How about best out of three, and then I could kill you, and then I could go home." And it's, you almost feel like the one thing he doesn't say is, "Wouldn't that be great?" You know. Yeah, I hope nothing really bad happens that basically like ensures that I'll stay here in this quest forever. I know. <clears throat> I'm. What did you? Th- yeah. 
Anyway. Uh, what did you think about Shadow being abducted by aliens? <laughs> Wasn't he already abducted by aliens? Well, I mean, he was kind of abducted by gods. I don't know. Was no, he already abducted by aliens? In the first... Well, he was abducted... I don't know if he... Was he beamed up? I can't remember. I know he was abducted by uh, Mr. Data Man or whatever. Yes. And they were going to lynch him. That they did lynch him. Yeah. Um, which, did that happen in the book? I can't remember. My memories of the book are not fuzzy. great. Yeah. Mine are fuzzy um, at best. Dreamlike, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that this definitely... Okay, we're not going to mess around with Corbin Brinson anymore. Like, we're into it you know like we go to this place we see all the gods and we see them in their you know glory or whatever Mm -hmm. so we know what we're dealing with right and um no spoilers for people who haven't i guess read the book but you know we know that shadow is very pivotal to this whole situation and they kind of set that up and so yeah i i felt like it was i i don't know how long it was you know it was around an hour yeah but they did feel like parts where there are things where you can like re familiarize your viewers like I'm here to play because I play the checkers or whatever. Right. Fine. Right. But there were a couple parts that were just like, well, we can just throw these two characters together and they can talk for four minutes and that'll kind of get us to the end of this thing. Right. And it's like, yeah, but wasn't that like the whole first season? So, yeah. So I'm kind of like, I like one of those horses on the merry-go-round. Like I'm chomping at the bit. Like I'm, I'm ready to go here. Let's, let's right. get to this. Let's keep going. I know there's a lot of great stuff that's, that's kind of coming up. Right. Um, did you like it? I, I did like it. I mean, I think it felt good to have it have it back. Yeah, I was I was surprised. I didn't know how I was going to feel after um, the end of uh, the eighth episode of the first season, right? Which was okay. I thought it was good. I mean, I I, I thought Easter was that was a big splash. Uh, Speaking of splashes, Chenoweth um, was... will not be back either. So... You don't think so? No, that that has been announced. Oh really? Yeah. So I don't know if they had Why? planned on having her come along, but they're just like, Why oh, did... she didn't come along because you ran over the. Bunny rabbits. Splashed her rabbits. Um, but why does she not want to come back? The same sort of thing? She, Brian Fuller? Is that why? I do not know. Um, I mean, she But if was... I ever see her, I'll be like, oh, Easter, looks like you've got eggs over my hammy. Oh, my and God. And she'll be like, well, I haven't seen you since then. <laughs> wow. Well, I know she worked with Brian Fuller on Pushing Daisies. She was on that show. Right. Um, so... Um, maybe it does have something to do with. Did you know the guy that plays Mad Sweeney, Pablo Schreiber, Mm -hmm. is Nick Sabatka from season two of The Wire? No, I did not know that. Do you remember those characters at all? It's the Doc's season of The Wire. Yeah, I remember the Doc's season. There is the um, Nick Senior or whatever. There's the one guy played by what's his name. He's, I'm going to describe him as having kind of a piggy face, but he's a very talented actor uh-huh. and I love him and everything he's in. And then his son is like the kind of ne'er-do-well type kid who's trying sure. to make it work. He's got something on the side. And then his friend is the guy who was in Generation Kill who goes nuts and shoots up the pawn shop or whatever. Oh, okay. You don't remember anything from season two. Anyway, it's he's like a this skinny little guy. Then it's like, yeah, sweet. They must. I mean, you can work out, but I mean, like... He must have bulked up for the show. But they, they must, like, pad his his jean jacket out or something, right? I don't know. Because he's coming in, like, he looks comparable to Ricky Whittle. And Ricky Whittle's, like, he that kid played football in college, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, not not a small guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I still think, you know, Wednesday just dominates, which is, you know par for the course that's he should dominate um that's kind of his wheelhouse um 
but he kind of says at the end of this episode, is this what it takes, you know, once a horrible thing happens? <laughs> he t- says it, but then he's like, did everybody hear that, that cool, yeah, tragic I know, right? thing I said? Yeah, I know. Okay, just checking. Yeah. So. Um, he's <laughs> not subtle. He is not a subtle god or character or in any way. Yes. Um, he says what he means and he means what he says. So. Um, really? Isn't he well, the most dishonest person ever? I guess he is kind of dishonest. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, um, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell, tell you. I mean, if you're looking for a recommendation, I'd say, you know, if you watch, watch the first it. season, it's, yeah. it's back. Yeah. And if you didn't watch the first season, um, I think you should. What, who, what a Nazi. Who plays a Nazi again? Orlando Jones. Yeah, Orlando Jones. I think he does a great job at, as playing a Nazi. Um, I mm-hmm. do too. Mm-hmm. But what if that character was merely knowledgeable and sly and not screaming at the top of his lungs all the time? It's a very <laughs> big performance. It, it is. It's big. one thing, like the scene where he's like preaching to the guys on the slave ship or whatever. Right. Like that was, that's fantastic. Yeah. But then. He's like the biggest offender of the thing I'm talking about, where it's like, well, if I live and breathe, it's old well, Mr. West. yeah, I know. <laughs> the way he greeted you them. You just know you're going to get like this big harangue, and it's like, okay, all right. Right. Do we need to go through this every time we meet? <laughs> like, you know who we are. But yes. I mean, I, for right. a guy who, you know, was making seven up yours, like, I didn't know he had that in him. So, right. Yeah, he's doing a great job. Yeah. Uh, everybody is. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I would complain about is, you know, you've got a. We have to have a female romantic lead because that brings the girls back to watch the show. I don't know. I don't know. But Laura is kind of comes in and out of the book, and yes. she's got her own kind of thing going that makes means that she's not really with Shadow all the time. Mm-hmm. And they've just gone. No, we've got um, suck, pretty baby sucker punch or whatever in here. Yeah. So she's gonna gonna hang around. Right. And all she does is hang around she kind of pouts and And it really yeah yeah, and she's not really invited and yet she's here and they haven't found anything for her to do so this is the first episode where i really started to feel like why is she here she's here to keep her eye on her husband no no i know why she's here but from a storytelling perspective yeah you know a person with a pencil behind their ear in a writer's room Mm -hmm. why is this person here Mm -hmm. if we're gonna make things up which you have to, you know, to yeah. tell different narratives in a TV show as compared to a book. And the guy that wrote the book is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully something, we're going to have something for her to do. Yeah, I she's agree. not doing anything. No. Even her, her, uh, uh, um, uh, wow. Um, I'd love to help. Her um, prediction, not prediction, her fortune, fortune was blank. Right. So it's... Really like it's like you are a blank slate, you are dead. <laughs> oh, that was sorry. That's not that's your those are your script pages. Let me yeah, give you your fortune. I, I know. Right. I see a call to your agent. <laughs> so anyway, um, it, as much as that <laughs> sounds like a uh, recommendation, recommendation, that's a recommendation. Yeah, I would. Agree. I say check it out. Why not? Yep. Uh, all right. So, what else is going on on the show today? Uh, of course, we're going to talk some news as we usually do, mm-hmm. and we got to talk about that big deal that that most powerful character in the room 
Yes. One Captain Marvel. Yes. We'll talk about Captain Marvel, the new Marvel Cinematic Universe film mm-hmm. starring Clark Gregg. That just came out. <laughs> He's the star? And Come on. So we'll talk about it. Uh, it's it's doing good. I yeah. mean, it's made about $150 million domestically this mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we can talk a little later about where that puts it in terms of all Marvel releases, but it's made about $455 million worldwide. Wow. So it is so far the second highest grossing film of 2015. Okay. Excuse 2019. Me. Wow, we went back in time four years there for I a wish second. I could. You can't <laughs> get this instead of uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah. Um, and for what was presumed to be, oh, it's going to be a slow year. It's going to be a slow right. year. Right. Is it? it? It's only the beginning of March. Captain Marvel. Yeah. Shazam. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Probably another DC film I'm forgetting. Uh, Hellboy. Endgame. <laughs> yeah. Hellboy is going to tank. Okay. All right. You say it now. Yep, hand yeah. of God, right yeah. now, uh-huh. or or devil, whatever. Frozen two. Yeah, uh, I think we're gonna be okay this year. Dumbo. Dumbo. Dumbo's gonna do okay. Yeah. Not great. Okay. Isn't Aladdin coming out later this year too? I feel like there is a couple of live action Disney films that are set to come out this year. I'm gonna assign you to to follow up on that. Okay. Not right, right now? now though. Okay. Mostly because I don't care. Okay. And I and I hate dead air. Oh, all right. I, you, I got it. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Let's try this. What are you reading right now? I'm still reading uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Ms. Marvel uh, books to try to like read more of the background of the character. Um, I haven't gotten as far as I would like. Um, she's fighting grotesque for the second time, so... <laughs> That's as far as I've gotten. Um, <laughs> on my nightstand, on my to-read pile, is V for Vendetta, uh, which I believe we plan on talking about in a couple weeks. Give it away. Uh, well, um, but yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. Uh, and then I'm also reading another Fury book by... Uh, Catherine Valenti. Catherine Valenti, yes. Um her third in her Fairyland series, so okay. uh, which follows a young girl named September. She has uh, like every summer she gets beckoned away to Fairyland, and she has different adventures. She has um, a couple of friends in Fairyland. One is a, a Wavery, which is a dragon library. Um, and then the other is a Marid who is like part, he's like magical, but he's like part of the sea, that sort of thing. So, um, some stuff that's kind of out there, but is a lot of fun. So weird. Yeah. How about, how about you? What are you reading? Um, I am currently reading a book called the world of Star Trek. Okay. That sounds interesting. It is by David Gerald, who is the writer of the trouble with trebles. Okay. And some other stuff. He would let, he want me to remind you that he's written some other stuff. Right. But let's face it, he's in trouble, trouble. Um, <laughs> and he also, and so the funny thing about this book is, pay attention to me. I'm paying the attention. The funny thing about this book is that it was written in the late, mid to late 70s. And it's about the phenomenon of Star Trek. And it's also kind of like, you know, my history with Star Trek. You know, he's, he, he's capitalizing on 
how Star Trek, you know, popularity boomed in the 70s, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh, and it's also kind of like the sub subtitle is kind of like how Star Trek taught me how to write. The edition okay. I'm reading, though, is a re-release in the early 80s after the success of Star Trek's 1, 2, and I think 3 had come out by this point. Okay. So he's writing it, you know, with a few annotations from an, an updated perspective, and it's still 40 years old. Yeah. He's still kicking around. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he doesn't do a new version of it. Do a, a newer version? We're yeah. Not I can see that. F- exactly friends on Facebook, but I'm going to get to somebody who's going to get to him and tell him to... He should do, an, do a, a new, new adaptation. Yeah. yeah you with... can crab about Discovery in it if you want to. <laughs> so I'm... Um, I don't know if he likes it or not, but... Uh, so I'm reading that. I'm also um, rereading um, the original Scud comic book. Oh, okay, sure. Just for the hell of it. Okay. Interesting. What made you decide to reread that? Um, I don't know. No? I don't know. Okay. Speaking of Wisconsin, I think I wanted to be inspired by the story of two ne'er-do-wells, you know, from Milwaukee who just started making a weirdo comic book that was sending up all the pop culture and action movies that they liked. Mm -hmm. And then they knew somebody who knew Julia Sweeney and Julia Sweeney knew Quentin Tarantino. And once Quentin Tarantino's reading your script, then everybody wants to read your script. Right. And so they made a deal with Oliver Stone and never went anywhere, but gave him enough money to make it out to the big LA. Right. And continue writing. Yada, yada, yada. Moderate success on TV. Yes. <laughs> or or, or what, alternate wait. version of the story. Yada yada yada. Monster House. Right. And it all fell apart. Right. After Monster House. <laughs> A story of sex, drugs, mannequin legs. And this is Monster House. Behind the scud. Yeah, behind the house. Okay, behind the house. Stop looking at your computer. All right. I'm gonna throw it out. No. Don't do that. The computer god's going to get mad. Oh, but I'll be like, well, well, Mr. Computer God. All right. I've got an IM from you since 1942. Calm down. It's <laughs> even possible. So, so live action Aladdin is in theaters May 24th of this year. When's Dumbo come out? I think Dumbo's before then. <laughs> How could they put them on the backs of each other like I, that? I don't, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. All right. Yeah. Well, let's just get into it. It's the news. <laughs> Like I said, Captain Marvel is uh, about 153 million. I think is the updated total there. Okay. And the fun thing is, is you know we made a joke about this before. You know, all all of recorded human history and the two Captain Marvel movies come out within a month of each other. Right. But it's done 153 million dollars this weekend, and it's got basically four weekends left until its biggest competitor, Shazam, comes out. Right. So it's got the run of of March. Mm-hmm. Um. So people think it's probably going to continue to make a lot of money. I, I think it will. Some other movies that made a similar uh, opening weekend amount: uh, The Dark Knight made 158 million. Okay, sure. Um, Hunger Games: uh, mm-hmm. Catching Fire made 158 million. Rogue One did 155. The original Hunger Games made 153 million. Okay, sure. So this is respectable. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it continues to uh, punch it out uh, over the next month, it will probably top Iron Man three, which made a four hundred and ten million dollars. Okay. In its entire run, and okay. that was the fifth largest MCU film. So we got That's another crazy. We got another um, Black Roots Panther on our hands. Uh, 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 uh. No. Wow. <laughs> look, look, you know that I've been working on this for weeks. Yeah. And that's all I came up with. <laughs> it looks like we have another, f- presumably niche, or maybe because of a niche audience, mm-hmm. people are coming out to support and see this. Right. Because I don't the... know if, like. Kendrick Lamar is buying out 
blocks of tickets, you know, buying out theaters. Yeah. Um, he should be. Right. Or, I don't know, somebody should be. Right. Um, to, you know, show uh, little girls, uh, heroes. Girl Scouts or whatever. not going to give up. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that would be nice. I don't know if that's going to happen with this film or not. Um, but I do think that a lot of people are going to go out and see it. We There were actually quite a few kids watching this film when we went to go see it. Yeah. So. That's the new rule. R-rated, fine to see on a <laughs> Sunday, Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, PG or PG-13. They're going to be kids. Yeah. There will be kids. Only after 9 o'clock will I go see it. <laughs> and even then, the bad parents bring their kids. That's and the bad right. kids are the worst. Yes. Yeah. They talk through the film. No, nobody so likes that. We don't really want that. No. Uh, other news in Brie Larson. Okay. After the gigantic success of her blockbuster film, yeah. she has decided to do a show for Apple. What? Apple Television, of course, working on their own digital content. They are going to produce a CIA drama series, like a spy fiction type series. Okay. It will be female fo- focused and it will star. Brie Larson. Why is she doing this? This is not a pilot. This is straight to series. Um, yeah, she does not need to do this. Um, she's a money she, movie star. You, oh, you think it's money? She's an Oscar-winning movie star. Yeah, money. Right? I think they're gonna they're writing her a big check. Yeah. Why do any of these people? Why are any of these people doing these big series? Yeah. It's money. I guess. It's gotta be. It used to be that you couldn't. You couldn't kill somebody's family. You couldn't kidnap. A wife or a child to get a quote unquote TV star to do, uh, uh, or excuse me, a movie star to do a TV show. Yeah, right. And now, yeah, left and right, it's like John Malkovich is like, I'll do a Netflix movie. Sure, I know. Fine. I know. Uh, okay. Although it'll all be TV if Steven Spielberg has his way. Right. What do you think about that? Um, about Steven Spielberg or, or Brie Larson or both? Um, Steven Spielberg and his. Crab, crab man, crab man. Things about oh, we're watching Arrested Development. Oh one. yeah, we are. Put um, it off for a long time. Yes, but we got to get it done ahead of the uh, new season coming out. Yeah, the um, fact that he thinks that Amazon, Netflix, all these things, Roma, you know, that that touching film, right? They should not be considered for Oscars. Oh, I did not know that that was his stance. Um, <laughs> Pretend I, like I, you did. Okay, we are. Pop culture experts. Um, well, I don't necessarily 100% disagree with him. But at the same time, I think that Netflix has been doing this for a while. And other streaming services. I mean, I think that they are a, you know, they don't get released in the movie theaters. But I think that they are producing big blockbusters. And I think that they are now a part of the conversation of big films. So I don't think that they necessarily should be excluded just because they weren't in theaters. Um, Do you think the the Lumiere brothers would have drowned in their own jizz if you told them that we would create a thing that would allow you to send a movie straight to somebody's brain thousands of miles away do you know what i mean yeah like it has to be tied to the box office coming from the guy in the baseball cap who is the highest grossing box office guy of all time right now i think that he'll win ultimately because first of all we know that this is the new pets.com dog puppet bubble that we're looking at right Mm -hmm. the streaming thing Mm -hmm. like netflix is leveraged up to its eyeballs 
it has to make some money off of this thing yes. or it's going to go down. Yes. And we also know that the Academy will get on their knees for anybody who's got high receipts. Like they wanted to invent an entirely new category just to give Black Panther an Oscar because yeah. it made a billion and a half dollars. I know. And it was ultimately, and it's not a bad movie, but it was ultimately nominated for Best Picture alongside other things like Roma <laughs> yes. because it made a billion and a half dollars. Right. So they will do, they are absolutely in as far as the box office side goes. Why they're letting the Netflix things in, I think it's because they're the town bicycle and they'll let anybody on. But yeah. I think if a guy like Spielberg, you know, puts the pedal down to the metal, yeah, I think that he might get what he wants. Mm. Okay. So they might ex- exclude. Um, We've got an American streaming. God situation, an American yeah. cinema God situation. Yeah, You've right. got bogeys like, I don't know, I'm in this diner, and you know how to whistle, don't you? Right. And then here comes kids streaming. He skateboards right. through the window, right. and he's all digitized, and he's like, the future's now, old man. Right. Um, I'll tell you how to whistle. Oh, Blow. Wow. We don't need no stinking old-time movie stars. Right. <laughs> he's coming off. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I just, I do think that the times are changing and that like, Hey, yeah, exactly. Old time song fight. <laughs> Cardi B's like, you're going to have Bob Dylan blood under my shoes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I just, I think we have to be open to. I don't expect anybody to want to listen to this. Oh, stop. The, the, the changing times. And like, I think we need to be open to including films that aren't uh, released in theaters. Great summary. Let's do a, a bridger a bridger here. We'll take a guy that used to be a Marvel guy. Now he's a, a DC guy. His name is James Gunn. Yeah. Don't read his tweets. And here he is. He's directing Suicide Squad 2. Yes. The biggest piece of news I can give you about that is Will Smith is out. Yep. Because he's got to make Aladdin 2, The Return of Jafar, I, I guess. I know. But he is out, and he is being replaced, um, as far as we know, uh, mm-hmm. in talks, I don't think there's anything official yet, by Idris Elba. Yep. Yep. So, can we bring back that special word? What What special word? It starts with the same letter. Why? Oh. <laughs> Why is any of this happening? Why? Money? A couple years ago, Idris Elba was like the biggest thing. I know. He was hot. Yeah. Now he's doing another Luther. Because Neil know. Cross knows where his balls are buried, I guess. Or something. Yeah, I don't know. What? Why he didn't have to do that. I don't know. And, you know, he's done a couple... I mean, he was... Speaking of the Netflix thing, he was the Beast of No Nation. That was a big deal. Right. But it wasn't a movie. It wasn't a movie movie. Yeah, yeah. Steven Spielberg not impressed. Right. And now he's going to be in a crappy DC retread. <laughs> yeah. What, what happened? I, I... Does he think that people are going to see him with a gun go wow he looks good with a gun never seen that james bond uh maybe um i think he you know he's not gonna be heimdall anymore so he's going over to dc and he's um gonna make the best of it and be dead shot i think he's uh counting on people going to go see suicide squad too um i think it has potential to be better than the first one um, and I think, you know, him being on board is part of that. Initially, I said that he just didn't want to play second or side fiddle to Margot Robbie. But oh, now, Will Smith. Now I'm not sure that yeah. Harley Quinn will even be in this. Oh, you don't think so? How far can they stretch 
her. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she's doing like two or three other things. I know she just is. for them, and then yeah, she's also got Quinn. her entire own production company. Yeah, I know. So I think that she might make a cameo, but I don't think I think it'll probably be Deadshot's movie. So it's even weirder that Will Smith wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just seem know. like you know. Also, he's Will Smith. He doesn't need them. So right. it just Affleck's gone. Just seemed like a fresh. Maybe good time to, to step away. Maybe he didn't enjoy it as much as he thought he would, or maybe uh, he felt like it didn't do as well as he anticipated, and therefore he didn't want to be it part okay. of a second one. It did fine. It just didn't do gangbusters, you know. It it wasn't that's another um, gangbusters. Uh, somebody else, I think. It, it was not a Captain Marvel. Maybe Blockbuster will be in it. Well, uh, I'll tell you who's going to be in it. Okay, we've learned that. Several other DC villains turned mm-hmm. reluctant heroes will be in the film. Um, we've heard that Ratcatcher will be in the film. Oh, great. I don't even know who that is, but they've got an awful name. <sighs> it's not great. No. Uh, it's a Batman villain. Uh, of King it Shark. Is. Awesome. Because <laughs> maybe King Shark and King Croc can fight. Great. Uh, the Polka Dot Man. What? Is that another Batman villain? It sounds like a Batman villain. Yep. Okay. Because Batman has some really lame villains. He has some of the, the best villains in DC history, and he has some of the worst villains in, go together. in DC history. And yeah. Peacemaker will be in it. Okay. Peacemaker obviously is not a Peacemaker. That's it's funny. Ironic, he loves peace so much, he'll like kill people. It's kind of like going, no yelling on the bus. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like it's, he's great. just a walking irony. You know? Okay. So it sounds like we're going to have a whole cast of different characters. So I'm going to do this for you right now. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Condiment King. No brainer. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Zaz. Uh-huh. Right? Anarchy. Uh-huh. And Catman. Catman? There. There are four better ones right, yeah. right off the bat. I know. And let's say that you don't want to keep it specifically to like i mean Catman. you don't want to keep it specifically to um um uh, task force x uh what's the other book secret six or whatever it is uh-huh um poison ivy we haven't seen poison ivy in this universe yet. no we haven't go find a hot redhead chick and just throw her in there and she's throwing yeah, plants at people or whatever absolutely. Or whatever she does yeah yeah do that uh-huh. well they're not doing that okay well I don't know what to say. Yeah, me either. I know that The Flash is getting another rewrite. The movie yes. for The Flash? Yes. Is this going to happen like ever? That's money, what I want to know. Money will win. Money okay. will always win. We know that. All right. But um, we know that the directors, uh, John Daly, or John Francis Daly, excuse me, and Jonathan Goldstein, um, the kid from... Freaks and Geeks, oh. and his partner, who did Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, mm. have been tapped to direct it, the okay. fifth or sixth of many, and they are, you know, in their capacity as writers, are rewriting the script. Okay. Um, I just, I, I kind of, it, it makes me question how good it is when something has to be rewritten multiple times, and like, when we find out something like, like, Spider-Man Homecoming, for example, didn't have like six writers. Yes. And despite that, it was actually a pretty decent film. Yes. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll be fine, but it just makes me question things when I hear that, oh, it's being rewritten yet again. 
it's like, well, why, what is so bad about it? Why is it being rewritten again? You know, you are a police crime lab investigator. Yes. You are late to everything. Mm -hmm. You know, somewhat unreliable. One night you're working in your lab on that hot there's a new villain in town. He's we can't figure out how he's killing people. Mm-hmm. And you're struck by lightning. Yep. Hell, you could even make it the weathered wizard. If you gotta do that thing where you connect the good guy and the bad guy have to be connected. We'll get to that in our review, Captain Marvel. Uh he gets struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. He now has the ability to run very really fast, fast. High metabolism. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast healing factor. Mm-hmm. Can throw lightning balls sometimes. Yeah. Don't worry about it. All right. Why is that hard? I don't know how that's hard. <laughs> Why is that and hard? And he's funny. And he tells some jokes. Yeah. Done. Yeah, exactly. Is it that there are six seasons of a TV show that you want to differentiate yourself from? That could be. Why? Why bother? I don't know. Why are you trying so hard to make it something so different? Yeah. Your dad is in prison? Right. For killing your mom? Right. Which he didn't do. I just said he was in prison. I yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah. I feel like this thing is writing itself. Yeah. At super speed. Uh-huh. But apparently not. Apparently not. You got c- cool effects? Oh, maybe that's something else. Quicksilver's already eaten your lunch three or four times. Yeah, uh-huh. In one second, because yeah. it's fast. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, but you, it's proven. It's proven that people will show up for that. Uh, you, you know, you're not going to get to play like a Jim Croce song, mm-hmm. but that's fine. You can mm-hmm. still, he does all kinds of weird stuff. He's flicking guys at super speed. Right. Running up buildings. Right. But this thing's done. Yeah, I know. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand why it's so hard either. Let's bounce back to Marvel really quick. I wanted to mention that uh, it looks like we might get, um, we might have a villain for Black Widow. Oh, okay. Who's the villain? Well, uh, screenwriter uh, Ned Benson uh, has been taking a shot at the script. Again, this is another script that we are... Um, rewriting? Still rewriting? Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, they are looking for a young actress. Okay. Uh, 15 to 25 years old to audition young. for a role. Okay. That will be... The villain. No, this is... Sorry. This is... There are two characters. Oh. This is This is one. Um, something like a young... We don't know if it's a young version of Black Widow okay. or a protege situation. Sure. Mm-hmm. A Yelena Belova, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Like, the future's now, old lady. Right. <laughs> Zap. Wow. And so they're looking at uh, a lot of people, and a lot of the names they're looking at are, like, you know, the girl from Wrinkle in Time. Like, we're not looking for a okay. um, white girl here. Okay. So, sorry, the Vivich. Yeah. Right, I don't remember what her name is either. Uh, I know your your shooting has been done for uh, New Mutants for a while, right? Y- right, <laughs> you're available, but we don't want you. Yeah, uh, we're looking for somebody diverse for this. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, that's kind of cool. So, yeah, um, that seems to me that it will be set in the present day. Mm-hmm. When I think we all agreed that a period piece would probably be the way to go. Better, y- yeah. Uh, I want to see what happened in Budapest. But we don't always get what we want? No, we don't. Mm-mm. Coming up, Captain Marvel review? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Andre Holland, who was most recently seen in Moonlight, uh, is in the mix for the villain of Black Widow. Do we have any idea who it is? No. Uh, any guesses? The fact that he is a black man mm-hmm. doesn't say anything. Oh, okay. 
All right. Could be any number not, of villains. You think you're Black Widow. Check this out. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that then. <laughs> what? Yeah, but it's our job to speculate, right? Uh, yeah, I know. I don't really know who her villains are, though. I I'm the... doesn't really have any. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's got Yelena Belova. Uh, the Red Guardian, I guess. Um, various Russian teachers who are in the Red Room. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then she can kind of get into, you know, any Shield bad guys. So maybe Hydra sure. or AIM. Um, sure. Her chauffeur. They keep wow. Making, so she can never get her own um, book. I mean, she, now she can. She's had a book for the last like five, six years. But right. for a long time, she just got these miniseries and they. Really ran out of things to, to talk about. Okay. They immediately, they introduced Yelena Belova as like, she's the new hotness. Look out, Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get rid of Natasha, but they clearly planned to supplant her with sure. the new blonde widow. Right. Fans hated it. So they basically just killed her off. And she's like a oh, joke. Great. <laughs> so uh, I think she was part of the Dark Avengers or something like that, like during the whole uh, Siege uh, Norman Osborn thing. Okay. So they ditched that and then after that they kind of ran out of stuff they did like yeah she's gonna bust up a white slavery ring yeah something's wrong with her uterus it's just a bunch of like male writers going through all the female bullshit okay and the, all the, the whole time she had ivan or whatever like her guy that chauffeur. took care of her and it was a chauffeur and then, and then they turned, turned out, out that like evil? oh he was a mastermind villain the entire time he was behind great. it all yeah it's great great stuff so maybe that's why it's hard to write this thing. Yeah, that could be. There's nothing to pull from. Yeah, there, there's not the great history of. She's promise. basically just been the butt in the Avengers for a long time. Yeah, that's too bad. It's really too bad. Write a Martian Manhunter movie. Go. Easy. Well, he's the last of his ni- kind. It's set in the fifties. Yeah, you have to. It's a uh-huh. noir. It's a superhero noir. Yeah. Right. Right. So he's late forties. Atomic scientist, I don't remember his name because I'm a bad fan. John Jones? Pull, you know, transport, no, the scientist transports oh. him from, I was going to say Dr. Erskine, but that's not, that he created the super soldier serum. Okay. Uh, transports him from Mars, right? Then he dies. Manhunter's stuck, you know, in like 1950 sure. LA. Mm-hmm. He becomes a private detective, mm-hmm. John Jones. Sure. He's, you know, he's cruising around, and then he's like, Flying through things, becoming invisible. He's got to get some clues. Right. And then, I don't know, you bring a big monster out at the end. Yeah, that sounds good. Writes itself. Yeah. He's got a love interest. Sure. The 1950s Black Canary. Sure. Which, these sliding timelines, it's getting a little rough now because that can't really be like Dinah or whatever. It's going to have to be like Grandma. Right. (laughs) Grandma Black Canary. Right. Yeah. Oh, that could work. She's a femme fatale. He's like, sure. I think she's in on this, but she's working it from the other side. Right. It's a stealth, stealth Black Canary movie. That sounds good. I know. <laughs> I know. You know what doesn't sound good? What? The Lord of the Rings series on Amazon. Oh, really? Why? Why? What's going on with that? Everybody thought, you, you thought it was going to be about Aragorn. Mm-hmm. He's our character we can connect to. Sure. You, I don't know, you recast him, get some brown-haired dude with stubble. It's right. no offense, Vigo, but I think we can imagine it's Vigo. Sure. And he his life spans much of the history of the Third Age. Sure. So he's our, stop saying sure, he's our anthology character. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good. <laughs> 
what? He, he's our guy who weaves in and out of all these events, right? And so yes. th- it's not going to be that. Oh, what is it going to be? I mean, we don't know for sure, but all Amazon does is they release these maps. And when they released yeah. the one map, we were like, okay. Now they're releasing maps, and this is how they're giving us clues, I guess. Because the last map they released yeah. had uh, in the sea uh, the continent of Numenor. Okay, give me background on that. I'm not super familiar with the books, so what does that mean? Audience, pretend like she knows. Okay. Pretend like she knows. Numenor is the great kingdom of men, the Numenor. It's a star-shaped continent that the long-lived men of Numenor come from. I think at the end of, it was at the end of the First Age. At the end of the First Age, when they were fighting the Dark Lord Morgoth, there Mm -hmm. were men who answered the call. Came from Numenor? no. I'll do it. Okay. If you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> they answer the call. They've helped fight the Dark Lord. And after the destruction of Balerion and all that, like the remember gods, you know, the, the, the gods, um, the, um, the LSR, well, they're the elves. Um, the, okay. Now I'm falling apart here. The Vanir. Nope. That's what it's based on. Anyway, they live in tall, They live in the undying lands. They live in Amon. Okay. Right. They're they're part of things. They're they're in the world, right? Yes. They're you see them walking around. Yes. In the third age of Middle Earth, when we pick up with Lord of the Rings, they have removed themselves from the world. They don't interfere anymore. It's a metaphor about the time of miracles in the Bible, and now it's like, well, I don't see Jesus walking down Fifth Avenue, you know, on top of a puddle or something like that. Uh huh. So where are the gods? And it's like in this world they've removed themselves. And that's why the elves are like this party's dead. Let's get out of here. They're all sailing west to heaven, to the right. undying lands. Right. Well, bef- rewind now. At the beginning of the second age, the quote-unquote gods went, nice job, men. We're going to create this place for you to live called Numenor, and we're going to gift you with like this long eternal life, basically, or at least you're going to live for a long, long time. So okay. they created like this heaven on earth kingdom where there was amazing advances in science, and they're just people and stuff like that. But... They, uh, Sauron, who at this time was called Anatar, the giver of gifts, was captured by them and brought. And it's it's like the ring. It's like throw it, just kill this guy. Like throw it in the fire. And they're like, no, let's let it hang around. So they let Anatar like hang out, and he poisoned the minds of men, you know, with his his honeyed words uh, and all this. And at the same time, like you know, was creating the rings or whatever, giving the rings out okay. to everybody. Sure. So basically, like the gods said. Numenor, you guys can do whatever you want as long as you don't try to come to to the Undying Lands. Like, you don't sail west. Your continent is west of the main continent of Middle-earth. Mm-hmm. All these lands are yours, but don't, like, challenge the gods. Don't build your Tower of Babel. See, this is their... Okay. The parallel, you know, that Tolkien has built in to, like... You know our our real world mythology. Sure. So ba- basically, Anatar Sauron is like pumping them up and like you guys can do whatever you want. You, you can know? go you west. Can, yeah, you can do whatever you want. So yeah. they're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go chill out with the gods. So they do that. The second they set foot on uh, in, in Amon, Numenor sinks. This is at Lan. Yes. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. It sinks. The entire civilization of Numenor is destroyed. The only people of that ilk and bloodline that are left are the people that live in Ilithian in Middle Earth. These are the rangers. These are the like uh, ancestors of, of people Aragorn? like Aragorn. Yeah. Okay. 
So that be, pretty much begins the third age. Sauron also dies when the island goes down. But okay. divorced from his physical form, his spirit is able to return to Mordor. And that's why in The Lord of the Rings, I know he's a big guy with a mace or whatever, he has an eyeball. He's still not able to you know, become physical. He's just like a presence in Mordor in the books. All right. Okay, so it sounds like it's not going to take place during uh, the the period of the books. No, I like, think it's going to lead up to the destruction of Numenor. Is that what people want? I don't. Okay, why here's, don't you not want here's that? Here's why. Yeah. This is, now, Chris Tolkien is <laughs> in his mid-80s. Uh, we're not going to get any more of these stories. Do you know what I mean? Right. Chris Tolkien is, is his son. Yes. Yeah. This yeah. is a situation where, you know, we don't we hate it when people like add to something that's amazing and like, hey, there's some more stories. But mm-hmm. really, like, Rock there salt. will be no more stories mm-hmm. unless we add them ourselves. Right. Yes. So this is a great it, you can't criticize them for going prequel on this. OK. That being said, I don't care. I don't care. Mm-hmm. This is the rogue oneiest choice that you can make. Mm-hmm. We know what happens. And sure, an entire age of a super advanced, like, you know, immortal uh, race of, of, of human beings. Yeah. Well, we'll get to the men in a second. That can do whatever they want. OP. <laughs> I mean, it seems, okay, sure, there could be cool, some cool stories there, but we know how it ends. It's The whole thing is just a monument to and a parable about pride, right? Yes, Absolutely. You can tell that in 10 minutes. Yeah. Not like a four yeah, or five could. season show story. You know, it's all going to lead up to them being destroyed. Uh-huh. Why not do something that's a little more open ended or something a little more lyrical? Why not, you know, Baron and Luthien? Why not the fall of Gondolin? You know, why not a million things that take place in? Why not the? Why not start at the top? Why not just have the elves leaving uh, Amon for the first time? Like, you know, the Talari or whatever it is, like they're all going to Middle Earth. You know, the, why not start with the Manway and, and Ayul and they're singing the song of creation, you know, Iluvatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Uh, why, why not? Instead, they're going to go, a bunch of white guys with long blonde hair are all bulked up in their suits and their swords. And it's like, we just don't, we don't need that. Well, why not tell like a bunch of stories from the Cimmerillion or something like that? That's, I just described a bunch of stories okay. from the Cimmerillion. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. Okay. Um, this just yeah. seems like the broiest thing to do, and I know that mm-hmm. if you look at a series about a bunch of white guys and no ladies uh, except for one who's like really cool, um, <laughs> yeah, then maybe you know maybe they're just following that. But good art can always be recontextualized, and we can find new facets of it. And so I would really like them to see them tell stories that aren't just orc gets an arrow in the face, right? Do- do you think they're putting this out as like a feeler type thing? And like if they get a bunch of negative feedback, they'll like be like, whoa, 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 just kidding. Here's a new map. Or do you think this is. I have no idea how these okay. things are written. Right. I know how American Gods is written. You take this fat ass book right. and you go, love it. Got to lose a lot of it. I don't think he's going to have sex with a cat lady. I don't think we're going to do that. Right. Um, taking the Lord of the Rings and just going. Not a, how how do we turn this into a TV show? But also, I don't know how much of it Amazon owns or wants to do with it. But how do we turn this into many TV shows? How do we turn this into the CW DC franchise? Yeah, you know, there's enough pages here, right? So mm-hmm. how do we do it? So I don't 
yes, I think they're open to different techniques and uh, and um, avenues, but I don't think that they're sitting by the Twitter waiting it for it to ring, whether it's a good idea or a bad idea. Okay. All right. So I think that if they're showing us this, unless next week they show us a map of Beleriand, and next week they show us a map of Amman or something like that, and mm-hmm. they're just taking us around the world, mm-hmm. fine, but... I, it seems like this is what it's going to be. Yeah. And I'm uh, not super excited about it. That's too bad. Why not do tell a tale about the Blue Wizards, you know? Uh, tell a tale about the East Eastern lands, you know, and the Easterlings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, go places that Tolkien never went. Right. Instead of covering something. I've played enough Lord of the Rings role-playing games where sure. you, people can come up with stuff. Yeah. You might argue that it's not as good as the original stuff, but you... Well done, thou good and faithful three first named person. You have come <laughs> up with, uh, you know, a lot of stuff. You've come up with enough stuff that we can knit entirely new things out of this this thread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I think it's too bad they're going prequel on it. I, I feel like that's um, kind of like the, the easy way out um I, I feel like there's a lot of like prequel stuff these days um and i i don't i don't think that people are as excited about that sort of thing as you you may anticipate i don't know why um producers and writers seem to go there uh as much as they do well like we said they don't have a choice i guess that's all that exists yeah i guess um Seems like they probably could make something else up, though, like you said, and have it be more interesting. We've had Lord of the Rings, but what about second Lord of the Rings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when the truth is found to be lies, know the joy within you dies, don't you? It's the best Marvel movie that's set primarily in Louisiana. Yes. We're here to talk about Captain Marvel. Yeah. And here we go. Yes. The 21st film, but who's counting, by Marvel Studios <laughs> in the Marvel are. Cinematic Universe. Yeah. When are they going to add Blade to that total? I don't know. Stop, stop messing around. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Is only the first Blade technically Marvel and the other two are New Line or whatever? Oh, gosh, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know what the ownership situation is. I don't either. But, uh, like, Marvel owns... Uh, you know, Whistler and Blade, but they don't own the Blood Pack. Right. They don't own Scud right. <laughs> or whatever, uh, Daryl from The Walking Dead. Right, right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, starring, of course, uh, that lady, Brie Larson, as yes. Carol Danvers, or yep. Veers. Yes. She's known for a lot of the film. Uh, starring some other people, like one Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. We've got Mendo. Ben Mendelsohn is here yes. to play a Skrull guy. Yes. Uh, you also have Lashana Lynch, who I was not familiar with uh, yeah. previously, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, enjoyed much in this film. Mm-hmm. And uh, Annette Benning, of course, is on uh, board. And I'm guessing getting the um, with credit, and then Jude Law gets the and credit, the yeah. last one, mm-hmm. where it's like, you're kind of the most famous successful guy. I mean, I guess it's for Samuel Jackson. Right. Um, but you're actually not in it a ton. So. Right, right. And Jude Law. Yeah, I know. And Clark Gregg. We'll add him in. No, he can't be in it. Oh. <laughs> he, he gets the one right after and. All right. Jude All right. Law. Okay. Also starring Clark yeah, Gregg. Right, exactly. He's the top of the of the bottoms. Yes. <laughs> yes. What happens in Captain Marvel? 
Um, well, we open up on Hala, which is the Cree homeworld. Hala! Um, and, uh, uh, Brie Larson, or, or Veers, excuse me, as she's known at the beginning of the film, um, goes and fights Jude Law at the beginning because she... Oh, you're gonna do that thing where you say, go scene by scene? Yeah, okay. Through every single event? Yeah. Is, um, Hala in the, um... The bakery system. What's a Jewish bakery called? <laughs> I don't know what a Jewish bakery is called. It's, it's terrible. It's Hala is uh, is right next to, um, but uh, it's the uh, the sister planet of Babka. And, oh, uh, sure. Come on, Baklava. And... <laughs> well, that's Greek, but yeah. yeah. If we're just gonna go, yeah. it's all just bread. Sure. Products. Uh huh. Kind of like um, all the scions are um, vegetables or, or whatever. Sure. Reddits and Kakarot and <laughs> Vegeta. Yes. Um, How can, isn't there, the planet's called Vegeta, isn't it? So why are they yeah. science? Shouldn't they be I, from Saya or something? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, and then uh, she goes to see the Supreme Intelligence, which is we are, we are doing it. A, a being who it, it appears to be whoever you most look up to. In your life, and she sees Annette Benning, and she doesn't know why. Yeah, which seems like she wouldn't really look up to that person. Yeah, but. right. But she uh, has amnesia. Like I'm she can cut only you remember off. the most. Oh last no, six you're you're years. back to the story point. Okay. Yeah. So she has amnesia. She only remembers the last six years. They go on a mission. Um, she gets kidnapped by the Skrulls. They are looking at her memories. She's like getting flashes of stuff, and she doesn't know why. She escapes. And she ends up on Earth, which the Kree call C-53, planet C-53. And she's fighting the Skrulls when she gets there. And she runs into Nick Fury and Clark Gregg. Um, um, Agent Coulson. Yes, Agent Coulson and uh, Agent Fury. And um, they, uh, she ends up working with Fury. Uh, and looking into, um, she she got flashes of Annette Benning, and, and she figured she was a, a scientist named Lawson. So she wants to go find Lawson and Project Pegasus. And that's kind of how the movie starts. Oh, we're just starting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. You so laughing at me? We're not, we, we don't want to spoil stuff, I guess. I, well, I, we can spoil it later. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, all that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, oh boy, it's almost it's almost all spoilers, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Uh, give some general impressions of the movie. <laughs> um, no, screw you. I'm gonna talk. Uh, yeah, this is um, this is weird. Okay. I feel like this is the first I've heard. Did I hear this or say it? Who can remember? <laughs> That's not what your country can do for you. I was saying in the shower the other day. Um, <laughs> this is the first movie for me in a while that it doesn't. It feels like a DC movie and not a Marvel movie. Oh, you know how ouch. Marvel movies like covers all its bases usually, mm-hmm. even though it's not always that great. Like yeah. I don't really care if Scott Lang figures it out, right? Or has a tank keychain or, or whatever, mm-hmm. or yeah. beats Corey Stoll. Talk about rent a villain. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, 
that's what this feels like to me. Like I've heard this is what I've heard. I've heard it feels like a phase one movie. It feels like a phase one origin movie. Yeah. And I'm like, but even Iron Man, which was apparently just written on set, was tighter than this. Yeah. There are a lot of loose ends. This -hmm. movie does not hang together all that well. And it varies widely in tone. Mm-hmm. You know, ostensibly, this is a story about a person who is also a woman, mm-hmm. a woman, yes, uh, who is trying to find her own strength, her own guiding star, trying to get confidence in herself, mm-hmm. you know, be her own person, her own hero. Yeah. I mean, arguably, every hero story is about that, but that is that's spotlighted in this. Mm-hmm. And that does that's probably the biggest thread that you can hold on to in this film but everything else veers so wildly from comedy to drama to knowing who the bad guys are to not really having bad guys to speak of to right yeah i just it's there's not a lot you can hold on to no no i would compare it you know what i compare it to thor okay in that thor features a sort of depowered um, I guess he's not amnesiac, but like Thor, who we know what we've got. We've got this amazing God of Thunder. This guy, he's just flying around, killing giant dogs and stuff. Then we go to Earth and he hangs out on Earth for like an hour. And then it's like, are you worthy? you got to be worthy. And he's like, I'm worthy. It's over. Right. This is what it felt like to me. Uh-huh. You know, she comes to Earth. She's Now she's the fish that's out of the water, so to speak. And she just kind of jerks off for an hour. <laughs> and then she wins. Yeah. I mean, that's more or less it. Um, she overcomes uh, the bad guys, I guess you could say. and Nailed it. And uh, she becomes more powerful because she believes in herself. And, uh, yeah, her her cat is an alien. I don't know. Um, mild spoiler. Sold. Yeah, exactly. Um I kind of wish we got like a little more background from the characters in this. Like maybe we'd seen a little bit more of what her quote unquote life was on Hala or um, we got to see a little bit more of like what um, Agent Coulson and Agent Fury were up to before they ran into this. Um I mean, we hear that Agent Coulson is relatively new to S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and we're not really sure how long Fury has been there. Um, no, and there's a line in the trailers where he's like, I've been doing this for 20 years and I was ready to hang it up. But then I met you and I was like, yes. whoa, what's going on? I don't think that line is in the movie. No, it's not in the film. <laughs> and there is no indication that he's coming from anywhere. He's just, hey, look, it's Nick Fury. Right. Right. And and I kind of would have, because it's kind of an origin story for him, too, I kind of would have liked to have had a little bit more background on him. Well, we get some. I guess. Um, he doesn't like toast that's diagonally cut. That's about, <laughs> that's about it. Um, Are you ready to spoil this thing? Yeah, I'm ready to spoil it. What's your rating? Um, I would give it... Um, I don't. I don't know. An A minus or a B. That's what I would give it. I'm tired of giving halves. Yeah. I don't like ten. I like five. That's a nice round number. Mm-hmm. But I always do halves. 
And I'm starting to realize that I think I need a little more precision in my review scale. Okay. So I am going to 10. I'm going to say 5 out of 10. Really? Yep. Wow. That's not very good. Um, by comparison? Yeah. Doctor Strange, also 5 out of 10. Ant-Man, 4 out of 10. Okay. Maybe 3. Okay. So. Yeah. So you, you're putting it on par with Doctor Strange. This is a C. Okay. You passed. Oh, wow. That's, that's not very good. It, no, I mean, it's passing. I guess. Um, it's not a D, see me after class, F, you know, do better. I hope you're good with your hands. Right. Um, where does this movie fall down for you? What I think I want to talk about that in, in spoiler talk. Okay, well, um, shall we Starts now. Spoiler talk? Yeah. They don't have a handle on the character. Yeah. They don't know why they're telling this story. Yeah, I can see that. And I and I don't know why they're telling this story other than it's way 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 past time to have not only a female character leading a movie, but also to just bring some more people in like but I think it's too late. You know, I think that okay. we we know that <laughs> Rocket Raccoon, uh Black Panther, um like these characters are going to lead us into the the next Phase. I think we called it cycle. Oh, okay. <laughs> Into cycle two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, as all the characters we've been following for 10 years I are going to leave. But it's still their story. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to jam her in here right before the, she shows up again game? in two months to yeah, be an endgame. I know. And they don't, I don't think they know what they want to do beyond she's somebody who has, you know, her belief in herself has faltered. And now she believes in herself. Right. Doesn't every hero do that? Yeah, to every some hero extent. Does that, yes. Don't they? Yeah. There's nothing special about that. No, no, there's not. And we don't, we get some flashbacks of her as like a little kid or like in the Air Force. A kid. I know. Or her in the Air Force, but we don't really get. A huge chunk no, of that. No, and you and I, like, we're like, oh, I can't wait. Like, 10 minutes of this thing is going to be, like, Top Gun. They're going to be, like, doing Top Gun stuff. Right. And, no. Mm-mm. We're just literally, like, we're just told that she was a pilot. And, and we're going to watch her. She has a friend who's a pilot who yeah. flies a plane later. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, initially, like, the way that she sort of gets into all this is, you know, which I, I, we predicted, but it was ba- in the trailer, basically, is, like, she's, you know, has this, like, dogfight in which she shot down. It's just not really important. It's taken as as understood from the comic that mm-hmm. she is a military woman, that she is, you know, a pilot and all that. But we don't see her as part of like we are told a lot. I know a soldier when I see one. Right. But she does. And I guess she's in a space military or whatever. Yes. But we don't get a sense of her as like, oh, she's like this, you know, like Cap was like. In the army, but he was definitely didn't necessarily belong there. Like he wanted to yes. do it, but he was always that guy. And even with the thing like get the flag down from the pole, he takes the pole down. Like he's he thinks yes. differently. He doesn't think like a right. military man, which makes him the guy for this job. But I wanted to see like what is it like to have this character like Rhodey, you know, or like or even like um, uh, arm guy, arm Bucky. guy Bucky, yeah. <laughs> you know what is it? How, how, what does she bring to this character of a soldier? Uh-huh. Or and Sam just, Wilson or something. Yeah, oh, sure. Or, yeah, Falcon. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So maybe we, now I'm thinking maybe we've got too many of those. But what's we've the... We've got a lot of soldiers, the, but yeah, she's a female, female soldier. version of that, yeah. So she's sort of she like... She would have a different experience. I think she dated Rhodey in the comics, didn't she? She's basically like 
female roadie. Yeah. And we don't ever get that. And we don't really get it from the the Cree side of it either. Like she's, you know, she's part of this thing. And it's like, remember your training and stop telling jokes. Jokes aren't funny. Right. I'm your boss. Right. And then the first 10 minutes of the movie, they're like infiltrating this village. And they're using like alien spy shit. And I'm like, this is my jam. I'm into this. Yeah. A little done. I know that was the first 10 minutes of the movie. And it would and none of the rest it. of the movie would be that. Yeah. It would be her driving around in a car with Samuel Jackson. I know. And uh, and just and we get it. It is set in, in the, the 90s. 90s. Yes. Oh my goodness. Did we leave we actually left out a ton of female female fronted yeah. 90s bands. Like Alanis Morissette, <laughs> yeah. like the Cranberries. Uh yeah. The Cardigans. I mean um, but they did include quite a bit, too. Got hole in there. Oh, gosh. But it's hole from 1998, and this movie whatever. takes place in 1995. Whatever. No, who cares? I care. Get your hole right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyways. I gotta write something down. Uh, hey. Um, I-, I thought the movie choices were rather obvious. Uh, the song choices. Um, the movie choices. Um, I... I don't know, like Samuel L. Jackson, I think you mentioned this before. He's a little bit more laid back in this. He's like not like super serious Sam Jackson yet. Well, you mentioned like as an introduction to Nick Fury as a character, we get no sense of how he evolves into guy in a leather trench coat. Right. And that's we've talked on this show previously and we've gone back a ways about this, just how what is there okay is there a goal at this point to like amazon's lord of the rings series Mm -hmm. stretch backwards we're going to keep telling stories clearly but if we don't just say that iron man was the first superhero ever which we've already kind of said because we've got captain america we've got Mm -hmm. the winter soldier's been active since world war ii or whatever right can we sort of 1989 a couple years after this movie, uh, or before this movie, uh, Bucky's throttling the Starks to death. Right. Are we going to try to create a cinematic history the way the Marvel Universe has in history? And it seemed like yes, and this was going to be the first shot in that war, mm-hmm. and it's nothing. It doesn't really tell us Nick much Fury of anything. Nick Fury is just laid back, has two eyes, and loves drinking sweet tea. He's drinking tea in every single scene, I know. which I guess is supposed to communicate that he's laid back, but to me it seems like the actor was given no direction. Right. <laughs> Well, and like we don't get a whole lot of information on Coulson really either. Um, He's just like new at his job. Yeah, he's in like two scenes. And he like lets Nick Fury get away at one point. Yep. That's about it. So I guess that's supposed to like explain why they have a connection. Trusts him or they have a bond. Yeah. But why couldn't we have seen like more of that bond? And well, why bring him back and then he doesn't do anything? That was a problem that I had with many characters that they brought back and they didn't do anything with. Like Digimon like Hutsu Ronin? and Ronin. Yeah. Like Digimon Hutsu, like we didn't need to see him lose He's part not, of his head don't call and him, get Don't call him Digimon Hutsu. Oh, I'm sorry. What how what how do you say his name? Jimon. Jimon? Yeah. Okay. Jimon Hutsu. Um like we did not need to see him lose part of his head and then get like yeah, a robot Carol shoots part. off part of his head and now it's like right it's the it's the rogue oneing yeah but they didn't even do that no they didn't do that and that's fine but give him something more to do than almost tell Ronan where they're going 
He literally, yeah, and he disappears. So she fights the Star Force at the end. And I was just thinking yeah. about this. We know Jan Rog is is a jerk. And yes. we'll talk about the villain in a second. We know he's like a bad guy, but everybody else is just... Following his orders. Ten seconds ago, Carol was one of them. Yes. They're just doing their job. I know. We don't see that, like, the bearded guy is a pedophile. We don't <laughs> see that uh, the... Um, the, I don't know how else to describe him, Atlas or whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, we don't see that he cheats on his taxes or something like that. Right. Like they're just doing what she does. And instead of being like, Yon Rog's been manipulating us. You guys can do whatever. Maybe some of them go, all right, all right. And then, some, and then of course, the other girl, Minerva. Yes, is a jerk. I'm just a girl who's really petty and a bitch. Yeah, I know. And we hate each other because we didn't hang out or shop together. All right, calm it's, down. They're trying to do this female empowerment thing, and then they have this scene where the two women have to, like, be catty with each other. I know. And not just, you know, I see what... I, you, you've been wronged, but I'm a professional, Veers, and right. so I have to do my job. She's right. like, I understand. Let's get down. Right, right. No, no, it's just like, you're a bitch. So are you. Pretty much. Um, And... uh. Gosh, I don't know. I liked Goose the Cat, but um... no, 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 no. We're not, we're not done. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, and and they gave Ronan like next to nothing to do. He literally, that was such a bad scene. He's he's in makeup that kind of looks like the uh, Guardians' makeup. Yes, but they almost like it. He looks like a. <laughs> this is like a Halloween spirit store like version of like a Ronin costume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he and some other guy who, who's another accuser. We've never seen before. Yeah. Could have been Karen Gillan. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Right. Um, are literally just standing in front of like a, a cyber backdrop. Yeah. I think it was a practical, but it's literally okay. just they just built a wall and went mm-hmm. just look. Oh, you're definitely looking at the thing. You see Captain Marvel out there. He's not walking around. He doesn't have a scene or a ship or anything he's like that. He's not yelling at any of his minions no, or anything. No, he's just like brought in from some other movie. I know. <laughs> it was really disappointing. Um, I'm all for bringing characters back, but give them something to do. Yeah. And like make them, their return means something. But that was just everything in here. Like we thought that it's just a gimmick. The 90s is a gimmick. I thought it would be a chance to, when you are going back in time, like Robert Downey Jr. He puts on the cyber glasses or whatever. His mom's playing Try to Remember or whatever. Yeah. And he's wearing a Less Than Zero shirt or whatever. Right. I know he's in the movie, whatever. Um, it's That's in the set in the 80s, but we're not here to listen to a Flock of Seagulls song. We are here to explore the histories of our characters. Yes. And the 90s was literally just, they went to Planet 90s. So yeah. play a whole song in a blockbuster Wear a Nine Inch Nails shirt. Yeah, and that's, that's like pretty much it. And then, again, you milk a little humor out of it, like the CD-ROMs or, or, or The loading, the internet's but it loading. It's never really a problem because she can just go to a radio shack and create a interplanetary communicator, communicator I know. from a phone. So I know. there's no limitations to the specific setting that you've chosen. Yeah. I didn't expect her to like beat... Two out of three on Street Fighter Two against Jan Rog to see who wins the galaxy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but it it feels like it should have been more than like a a, a jukebox for Plus, the nineties. Yeah, and setting it in the past and all and not um not uh taking advantage of this point of historicity in the Marvel universe is a problem. Also, it just complicates things. 
This complicates mm-hmm. everything now. Mm-hmm. I guess we didn't know much about the Tesseract before, but now it doesn't make really any sense. Yeah. And also, like, the whole point of... <laughs> the whole point of, like, Thor coming to Earth and S.H.I.E.L.D. being like, oh, okay, so we were worried about Hydra, but this is a really big deal. Yeah. Um, we got to make some blue weapons or whatever. Right. They already knew about aliens. Yes. Because a bunch of them exploded in the sky over New Mexico in 1995. Right. Right. But that's but why he created the protector. It. I'm sorry. I mean, the Avenger initiative. Right. I know. It's just, it's making connections that are unnecessary. It's mm-hmm. explaining things that were already explained. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, cheapening explanations. Yes. Because now we have to go through life knowing that a cat took out Nick Fury's eye. Yeah. <laughs> Which was just disappointing because of what he said in a previous film, like last time I trusted somebody, yeah, 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 my, yeah. I lost my eye. Yeah. You, how can you? Yeah, it's just frustrating. I just don't know what to say. I, I don't. I don't I'm, know what to say. I'm either. pretty much out of. I just don't know what else to say. Uh, Marvel is in this. Uh, Annette Benning plays so Marvel, and we. The answer is right under our nose because yes. before this we said I don't know how they're going to do this without, without Marvel. Marvel, yes. and the answer was right in front of us. They they, they did have Marvel. Yeah, um, Marvel was shot to death and died in the sand, which yeah, is uh, she really uh, inglorious in- end for such an important character. Yeah. Um, she'll never get to die of cancer, I guess. Maybe that wasn't so important. <laughs> wow. And also having doubling her as. The supreme intelligence yes. is worthless. It seems like one of those things where it's like, oh, she's the face that you admire uh, and, you know, and idolize. But it's also that that face that, you know, is telling you that you can never make it. And so you have to, you know, kill the Buddha, kill your parents, kill wh- yeah. whatever to beat it. Yeah. But first of all, it doesn't make any sense because she doesn't even remember her. So why does the Supreme Intelligence even appear to her as that? I know. Except Annette Benning needs to be have some more screen time. Yeah. And second of all, does she admire Lawson? We like we don't they don't have a, like any significant interactions. No, they don't. There wasn't like a time where Carol's just really been getting it from the guys on the PT course or whatever, and then she runs into like Lawson in the bar and she's like, you know, somebody told me once. The, the whole thing of her losing her memories super undercuts her development like trying to establish this female character who has fought sexism who has fought uh, you know abusive parent has fought all this stuff to become this she doesn't know about any of that she doesn't remember it she can't access it it's not really her story Mm -hmm. and then having the dumb twist of Jan Rog being the guy that shoots her or whatever or shoots Marvel whatever right it means that he's has to be out of he is essentially the villain of the film. Yes. He is not even in the film for most of it. Yes. And then after all this stuff comes on, he shows up and is like, Hey, what's up? And then she just shoots him Indiana Jones style and oh wow, what a what a triumph. I know. Like that that structure doesn't make any sense. It's not successful in its in its unorthodoxy. It's just why is any of this happening? I know. And th- and then another thing for me which was maybe an interesting take, but I feel like kind of undertakes things is the scroll show up and then we find out later, oh, they're they're really just refugees and they just want to go home. They yeah. just want to find a home yeah. when they're supposed to be some of the biggest bad guys. Um, yeah. I did read in one article, like, why did they focus on Talos's the scroll daughter so much? And they're like, well, maybe she's going to be the one who comes back to Earth 
later and like does the huge invasion thing. She's Varenki? Yeah. Like, why do they do that? I, I don't know, but like make some interesting choices, you well, know? Well, it's one of those things where I always point to Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Okay. Let me finish. Okay. Kenneth Branagh's doing Hamlet. Yes. It's four hours long. Yes. He's doing essentially every line, although some was cut. And we've just seen Hamlet over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. he's going to make some different choices. What if Polonius wasn't a, a foolish old man? What if he was like a spy master and he knew what was going on the entire time? Then that, why does he get stabbed behind a curtain? Yeah. It, that entirely just have to changes be a certain the character. Way. Yes. Yeah. And so they made all these choices like, let's cast Mendo, who you will instantly see as a villain. And right. we're aided by the fact that he has green skin and point. He looks like the Green Goblin. Yeah. So what a bad guy. And then what a twist. He's not the bad guy. I know. But yeah. So basically you're leaving us with no bad guy? There's no bad guy. Yeah. And then why does he show up at, at Maria? I mean, there is Ram- a bad guy. I know. There's Jude Law. Yes. Who is taken out immediately. <laughs> there is... I, I did kind of like how when she finally fights the Star Force, they're just hopelessly outnumbered. Like, yeah, you can make, but I, the visual storytelling wasn't strong enough that we see that. Whereas before, she could barely punch Jude Law's punching her in the face all the time. Mm-hmm. Now she's just going to steamroll like this squad of like elite, you know, blue screen Creed. killers. Yeah, but it's supposed to be okay. So there's a joy in that, right? She's like, holy crap, I'm super powerful now, right? And they try to make her, like, give her good lines, but because we don't just want her scowling throughout the movie. Right. But I never bought that she was sort of impish and, like, ha- you know, they give her lines like, oh, I got a little uh, lunchbox here. Who wants some lunch? Or I don't, that's not one of the lines. But, right, right. But it just never, I just don't, I don't want to put it down to Brie Larson, but. You just didn't buy her performance. Let's just say that Brie Larson didn't have the charisma to save bad writing. Fair. But the writing was. Was lacking. Not strong. Yeah. Um, I I do feel like Talos, like even though we're we're supposed to feel like he's like a good guy, like I feel. Oh, like Oh, by he... the way, the only Skrull in the Marvel universe who can't shapeshift, and, and they pick and him yet, as the bad guy, and yet he to does shapeshift. shapeshift. <laughs> yeah, um, could have been Pybok. Could have right. been. You could have started off to try to get some Super Skrull in there. Right. This is like Super Skrull's origin story. Somehow his wife and child will die, and Marvel he blames Marvel for it, so he turns to uh you know. To Skrullus scientists to give him the powers of the Fantastic Four. I don't know, whatever. Right. Well, he like shows up at Maria Rambeau's house and he's drinking supposed... a soft drink. Yes. Like jewels. Like like jewels in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And we're supposed to take him as being non menacing, non threatening, and like, hey, I'm just a refugee. Like, the why? The are... were goofy from the start, though. Yeah, okay. They but... were always kind of goofy. But why? They're goofing around when Carol's trying to escape their ship. You know, later on, it's like, you know, you're my science guy. He's like, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it'd be easy to write a funny line, but just have him go, I, don't know. I, I know. That's kind of funny. Yeah. But, like, why have him be, like, menacing, like, Jules when we're supposed to side with him? It's it's a reference. I know it's a reference. <laughs> I just don't feel like it gets the right message across. Do you know what they call a quarter pounder with cheese? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Nothing, because they don't eat. Quarter pounders on hollow. Yeah, I know, right? It's a totalitarian society. Yeah. I guess we yeah. never really get a, a sense of Hala. No, we don't. I, I feel like we get a sense of Xandar a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, we at least, at least enough to know, all right, whatever. There's just a lot of orange and green people, but yeah. they're like us. 
Right. We get it that it's um, galactic crossroads. There's there's a lot of diversity. It's space America, basically. Right. right. And then, right. like, space Hillary, Glenn Close is in charge of it. Like, right. Fine. Right. But, like, Hollow, we don't. <laughs> we don't get any sense of it. We see and skyscrapers. there are specific parallels. Yeah, they are riding a train, mm-hmm. like a subway elevated train, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Later Hollow. on, Carol rides a train in L.A. Yes. and there's never any suggestion made that they know that they have duplicated something. So I don't know if they meant to do that, or or if that just happened. They just didn't think about it no they didn't think about it and and they didn't think about like because they set a whole thing up i I know like how is riding the train in Hala different from riding the train i'm not saying that there it it has to be super thematic i'm just saying no but you have choice a clear visual replication of something there's a little suggestion to that and i don't know why carol i guess she hasn't been briefed like why does she think c53 is part of the imperium or whatever do you know what i mean like she just lands on this planet she's like Star Force, you know who I am. Because it's funny. I mean, it does work, I guess. She's the fish out of water who thinks that she's in water. Right, <laughs> So, right. yeah, I, you know, I get it. But, like, yeah, you know, she's riding the train on in L.A. or whatever, and it's like, oh, you guys don't have fleeger burbs on your trains? Huh, interesting. Right. You know, there's just no, I don't know. It's just dumb. Well, yeah, it is. And, like... <laughs> She, like, instantly knows that there's Skrull here because there's one who, like, tries to attack her in his wetsuit because, like, when they first landed. I know, right? Yeah. When when is that turn? He was going to goodly murder her. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to know. Maybe he was the bad one. There's four of them. Yeah. That's Krizzlebop. They all know. Krizzlebop's an asshole. He's tried to shoot me, like, three times already. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense and no it feels uh, this is why i said that it feels like a dc movie is because it feels not thought out and i know that they think these things out to death Mm -hmm. and in addition to um the uh bowden and fleck uh also writing it you know they directed it but they also wrote it Mm -hmm. um nicole perlman is credited uh, right. Geneva Robertson Dorrit is credited. Um, she wrote the Tomb Raider reboot, so bad news there. Mm. I mean, I don't, there's no real great authors on, or screenwriters on this. Right. Uh, Nicole Perlman uh, aside, I apologize. Um, so there's nobody seems to be at the wheel of this, mm-hmm. and that doesn't usually get past. Even in something like Ant Man, it be, it becomes even if it's not compelling. Like I don't care if Corey Stoll does or doesn't get his thing. Right. But it's internally consistent. Yes. And I just didn't feel that. There's things where you go, did they mean to do that? And the answer is, I don't know. They might have meant to do it and they executed it poorly, or it might have just slipped by them and nobody's at the wheel here. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm fine with... like It's no Mississippi grind, I'll tell you that. No. <laughs> I'm fine with Young Rog being like the bad guy and like us kind of finding out later, oh, wait, he's the bad guy. But I, I would have liked to have seen like more development in that and then like not have him just come in at the end just riding on a ship for most of the movie right right yeah. like how long does it take him to get to c53 i know she was hours. yeah i know she was like kidnapped and she was probably closer to it but it just seems like it takes them a really long time um 22 hours yeah they say it in the film oh do they say it okay well still seems too long it uh, seems arbitrary yeah it does can you fly anywhere or not Right. Can we talk? Speaking of arbitrary, can we talk about their light speed engine? Yeah. 
name it a maybe you don't want to say warp name it a quantum put the name put quantum in front of it sure take a note from scott lang yeah light speed is not fast no it's not light speed takes you millions of years to go places right so right. <laughs> why call it a light speed engine if it's supposed to take you from galaxy to galaxy well if it, uh, if they really do so this is what i was thinking about that the, the kree empire we're learning is you know expansive it mm-hmm. probably controls a lot of the galaxy mm-hmm. um so i guess they want to go to another galaxy in the comics now don't quote me on this but the scrolls are i believe from another galaxy okay Maybe Andromeda, okay. or that might be Shi'ar's galaxy. I can't remember, but they're okay. from another. They're from the Skrull galaxy or whatever. Mm-hmm. They've got their own galaxy that they control, so they're going to try to get them out of the galaxy. Fine, but light speed. It would take billions of years to get to another galaxy at light speed. Mm-hmm. Well, millions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Why call it that? What? Why call it that? I don't know. I think it's a disadvantage to call it that. I just feel like they haven't thought out this side of it, and we are. Two Guardians, technically, well, the third Thor movie, definitely. Mm-hmm. The, the second one, too, kind of. So we'll put that in there. Infinity War, we are five cosmic movies into this. Yes. Marvel Cosmic, which, frankly, like I said before, I'm super excited about, should be more solid than this. I agree with you. At this point. Yeah. Um, they should have a better idea of uh, what it is they're doing. Um, I... Like, why not change it to a more cosmic-sounding name, even? Um, <laughs> are you getting lost? No, I'm not getting lost. Come as you are. Yeah, as you are. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, also, she was kidnapped in 1989. I know. She doesn't even know any 90s music. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. She doesn't. She'd be a metal, hair metal girl. Yeah, I know, She'd right? be like, where's Poison? Yeah. Do you guys have any Poison? Right. With some queen. Some crew. Yeah. Queen? No. No? No, no queen. Okay. <laughs> Did you guys figure that AIDS thing out? Oh, Ooh, boy. No, it's still working uh, on that. Working on that. Yeah. So does she, answer some questions for me. Does okay. she have her memories back at the end of the film? I think she does. How? Um, just... Being on She took Earth, the arbitrary and then, disc like, of control off and now she and remembers. And she um, seen... I just see flashes. Yeah, Lawson's pictures and then meeting with Maria. Now she knows. Yeah. I didn't get that sense. Oh. She flies off with the scroll at the end. Yes. In the ship. Kree ship. In the Kree ship. Yeah. The Kree ship can use jump gates or can... I think Or so. is using the light speed engine. I think it's using jump gates because they kind of take off like a like a Starfleet ship at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which Looks by like the way, jump. I guess Carol could fly at light speed. I we guess. go through like twenty five years of power ups in one movie, which fine, whatever. It you know first we're it's kind of awkwardly established over the course of the film that she's basically a Cree, our regular Cree, super strong. I, I guess they're so. ju- are they like Vulcans or just like it's everything is Star Trek to me. Like they're just basically tougher than humans, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think we see that in um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. But we also still like understand that, yeah, you know, the people that they send out to fight would be their toughest people. So yes. maybe some are tougher than others. Right. She's got that. Also, she's got shooty powers, which nobody else yes. seems to have. We right. later learn why that is. But all she has to do is like 
believe in herself and clap for fairies, and then she can also fly, shoot lasers, and fly at light yeah. speed. Yeah. And it goes up so fast. Like, up to halfway through the movie, Jude Law can knock her out. Yes. End of the movie, she can fly through a capital ship and just completely destroy it. Yes. Apparently. And Ronan's like, let's go. Let's. Yeah. Back it up. Back it up. Right. And we back it up. Yeah, exactly. Back it up. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. It, yeah. Now, is that just to put her on par with Thanos? Because that's not an arc. Yeah, it might be to put her on par with Thanos. Yeah. It might be. Um, to show how incredibly powerful she is. Yeah. yeah. There's showing and telling, and then there's just getting it over with. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which I is the was, third worst option. I just was getting it over with, for sure. Um, what did I say? Five out of ten? <laughs> <laughs> yeah you said five out of ten uh unanswered questions um so i guess howard stark screwed around with the tesseract never found anything out and then we know that they can detect tesseract energy because they read it in the in the woman or whatever right so they must have like detected the tesseract on earth and that's why they sent marvell there yes away from the fighting and the war Right. To like the secret location Earth, basically, to work on this engine this that power. only the scroll really need. I guess it would have helped the Kree as well. It would have. She's developed, or was she was supposed to work on something else and she ended up making this engine for the scroll? It's not really clear. No, no, it's not. Because we have to spend half the movie thinking that one guy's the bad guy yeah. for a dumb twist yes. that keeps us from any kind of, uh, you know, just, just story fill of why any of this is happening mm-hmm. we have come to understand that annette benning is a nice lady right but we don't know that talos saved my life um None I, of that I was a soldier said. too yeah and i was on uh tonfa or something like that and we just cut him down by the thousands and that's when i knew like we we're on the wrong side of this thing you know we got to end this war there's nothing like that <laughs> no there's nothing like that we don't know why marvell felt this way no. uh no. we just know that she um, had lots of scrawl like hidden away in her secret lab yep. that's above Earth somewhere. Well, it's it, I think that you figured this out, but like it's heavily implied that she has kind of gone native and and really likes the Earth. scrawl. That's the only oh, thing I can Earth. think of as to why there's uh, space invaders, pinball machine. There's a Fonzie lunchbox. There's a troll doll, a koosh yeah. ball, like in her lab. Is that yeah. she? has fallen in love with, like, Earth. Because, remember, Happy Days, 70s. Like, that's not 90s. Right. And Space Invaders Pinball, that's probably 70s, early 80s, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're going to hit somebody with a pinball machine, you got to say tilt or something. Yeah, yeah. If you want to have fun, have fun. Yeah. I agree with you. They they didn't do that. I was into it when she was, like, escaping from the Skrull ship at the beginning. Yeah. I got a sense of, like, okay, like, she's... Serious, but she's also a little whimsical. She didn't have time for a lot of this. She's she goes back for her boots. Yes, <laughs> you know. And I wanted a line like, "Why would you take my boots, weirdos?" <laughs> but, you know, she blasts the thing, and she's gonna get out of there. And right. Like, that was fun. Yeah. But then she's just like, "Fury, come on, we got to do this. I'm the girl. I got to keep this story on track. I, I can't I know. be fun. I know. <sighs> they should have allowed her to be more fun. I think." If that's what they want to do. Well, or have her be super serious. I don't care. Yeah. Again, yeah. Rhodey is the guy who's like super serious, but then he's like, bam, you looking for this? Right. <laughs> right. And they, they asked for um, 
He's big Stan, now. Tiny dude's big now. <laughs> Stan is like, is, is Mr. Stank here? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks for making me cry. Uh, first 10 seconds of the film. I, I know, right? <laughs> I, I got a little teary eyed too. Uh, so. That's that's my probably, that's my last question, and then maybe we can just stop. But, okay. Uh, so Stan Lee is on the bus rehearsing his line for Mall for Rats. Mall rats. Yeah. That means that Mallrats exists and Kevin Smith exists in this universe. Yeah. And that Stan Lee is at least important enough to have a cameo in Mallrats. Yep. But the Marvel heroes don't exist. Kevin Smith and right. his entire film career and really most of Mallrats only exists because of the Marvel universe. So what I want to know is what is Mallrats about if in it's the not MCU? About Mar- yeah. Pirate comics? I don't know. This is a Watchmen thing? Right. Right. <laughs> hey, is Redbeard's uh, dick red too? Like, what, <laughs> right. what, what the hell is Mallrats about? Yeah, no, that's a really fantastic question. I don't know. Of course, they steal Mallrats' joke, where it's like, I'm going to kick you in an uncomfortable place right. or whatever. No. Right, right. It's your butt. Right. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Get it out now. Yep. We're stopping. I, I know. Um, I... I I still enjoyed it, but um, I, it wasn't my favorite Marvel film. Um, I still I think I enjoyed it more than Ant Man, but and I feel like I enjoyed it more than Doctor Strange. Oh, there's a too. case. Yeah. You could make a case. Yeah. What's the arc? What is Carol Danvers's arc? Believe in yourself. Yeah, I think so. That's the whole. I'm trying to think of another hero with a similar kind of. I think it said Thor, I guess, but like. Cut making her amnesiac. I know that's part of the character. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's not. She's two people in one body. Mm-hmm. I guess that would have been kind of tedious, but maybe that would have been the better that way to go. That could have been more Cutting her though. off from her life means it's stunted character growth. There's you, there's no, you can't yeah. grow the character. Well, her needing to believe in herself, that reminds me of Miles Morales from Into the Spider-Verse. Which we heavily criticized also. Yes. Where Miles just, Stands around and watches he everybody do, do stuff. He doesn't do a whole lot until, until one he... conversation with his dad, and then he just kicks everyone's ass. Yeah, I know. And it's like, well, just talk why to your didn't dad you sooner. hear the call earlier? Yeah, yeah right. Answer the call. Yeah. <laughs> so no, not answer the call. But yeah, <sighs> yeah, um, could have been better. So okay, so Spider Man, mm-hmm. Far From Home. Yeah. What What do we think? Um, what do we think it's going to be like? I think it's, I think it's I, I want to know what we're looking at going forward. Oh. Because Eternals will presumably be all the parts that I wanted to see of this without mm-hmm. any of that pesky uh, 90s Amnesia music and, and 90s believe in stuff. yourself. Yeah. It'll be all cosmic stuff. But you might argue it might be cold emotionally and hard to hang on to. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you've already got me because I want to see those characters. Right. But if we go forward and we do a Winter Soldier movie, a War Machine movie, a, another Black Panther movie, if this is the template, what are we to expect? Are we in trouble? Or is this a weird blip? This is, like I said, like I call it their Rogue One, where they mm-hmm. went back and mm-hmm. tried to do a thing and went, well, it went fine, but, um, but we're not going to do that again i kind of think it's a weird blip um i hope so i i i really think that the next spider-man movie is going to be fun i mean he's trying to even leave his uh 
you know, costume at home. He, I don't think he actually takes it with him on the trip. Can't he just be Spider-Man? I know. Can't he just stop, stop purse snatchers and James, Jonah Jameson's yelling at him and the Scorpion's robbing a bank. But instead we've got no costume, but he gets a costume because he becomes Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon show. S.H.I.E.L.D. is backing him. Right. Then we've got, hey, do you like those heroes that turn out to be villains at the end? Because you loved it in Captain Marvel. Now we've got that in Mysterio in Far From Home. Right, right. I know. Do you guys not know what you're doing? Like, do you not know what makes these movies good? Have you heard the criticism? Well, they're kind of all the same. And are your ears so full of money that you think you can't hear that? Or wait, no, they are hearing that. Wait, anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know what the metaphor is, but are they taking that criticism to heart and then adding unnecessary changes and twists to things? Because it's worked so far. You're 21 movies into this. Yeah. And the worst thing that anybody can say is that sometimes we get sick of blue lasers. Right. But it's working. Yeah. Why are you messing with it? I don't know why they're messing with it. Um I, I think they thought, oh, this is a prequel film. We have to approach it in a different way. And I think that is a fallacy. I think that they should have approached it in like, okay, what do we know? What do we want the story to be about? How do we focus on Carol? Um, you know, how do we make this an empowering movie for 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 women and for, for other moviegoers as well? And I don't think... I, I don't know where their focus ended up, you know? I, I just don't feel like um, it was as strong of an introduction to a character as it could have been. Yeah. I, I just... Um, it, it, I just feel like it could have been stronger. Yeah. Um, what's up with the black hole? I have no idea. You gotta, you gotta be careful hole. of your hole or whatever it was. Yeah, you said. I know. But uh, the credits, like most Marvel movies, go like, "Here's a pastiche of everything that happened up into the movie with weird, like, computer graphics or whatever." Right. Oh, can I just mention the music in this movie was like the first time that I was like, "Wow, this is like subpar." Yeah. I just was not impressed with the music at all. No, it was obvious. But they choices. show some stuff in the credits, and then they show like a very specific, like you know gargantua interstellar looking black hole she never goes anywhere near a black hole no. in the film no not that we see Mm-mm. is this are they foreshadowing like is she so she flies off with the scrolls mm-hmm. and gets doesn't do anything that we know about for 20 years right does she i saw a theory that it's like well they're traveling at light speed and you know when you travel at light speed your personal thing slows down, but you travel at, so only a year passes for you, but it takes 20 years to get somewhere. And I'm like, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that's what they meant by the light speed drive, but maybe they right. picked light speed drive for it. But like I said, that's for people who can fly through a honeycomb and go across the universe. That seems like a very inefficient way to travel. Mm-hmm. Maybe she gets caught in a black hole or something like that, because that would like trap her, slow her down. It would also slow down time, as we saw in Interstellar. And so maybe she thinks that it's only been a couple of weeks or something, but she's been Gone for caught in this black hole for 25 years, years or something. Yeah. And then also it would make sense why they play hole over the credits. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Are they trying to say that she's got a celebrity skin that she wears? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. <laughs> but I'm not really sure what they're trying to do with any of their music choices, to be perfectly honest. 
Um, Which is ironic. Don't you think? What about, no, uh, I'm here to remind you. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's that thing called? What's that song called? I don't know what it's called. We should know. Yeah, we should. That is ironic. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, make me over. I'm all I want to be. I'll walk and study. In demonology. Well, I wish the show could have been better. <laughs> wish we could have brought more uh, excitement and energy to it. But mm-hmm. I just don't. I, I feel let down. Yeah, um, it's kind of hard to be excited about it. Um, I, I wanted to like it more. Uh, we heard about that. Yeah, I know. We heard about it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, maybe we'll have more thoughts about it in the future. I don't really plan on seeing it again in the theater, but uh, who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe there will be some great article that will open the whole thing up for us. Right. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Is it in 3D anywhere? It must I be. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we didn't see it in 3D. No. Uh, all right. So, look, something better on the horizon, mm-hmm. something that is not going to let it um, this streak end, and that's the movie Us. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about. That's what Us is talking about next week. Right. The new horror movie from Jordan Peele. Yes. And uh, the initial reviews are good. Uh, it looks like it's going to be great, and we're going to be there to talk about it and excited about this one. Not going to let this one go by. Let yep. Get Out go over the plate. Yes. I had to watch it at home, but yep. we're going to definitely see that one, and we'll be uh, bringing our review. So stick around until then. Until then, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and on social media, and please go to your podcatcher of choice and subscribe to our show. It's the best way to get it. Leave us a review. We want to hear from the fans how we're doing and a rating, most important part. We give us a high rating. Mm-hmm. That computer knows it analyzes where we're going we move up in the ranks and we can reach more people so to that end give us five flirkins yes and honestly was that two minutes to press who was that kelly deconic that came I, up with that i i don't know oh we need a name for this alien flirkin 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 right i don't know flirkin it is it's like i like chewy yeah i know right but we can't use that i know because Star Wars. Goose. Yeah, I know. Just keep suggesting a more exciting movie. I know. But I don't know. deliver. I, yeah. Top Gun. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, forget that. Uh, give us five stars. Yes. Or five black holes. <laughs> Watch out for your holes. Yes. Uh, we'll see you next week talking about us. Till then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. <laughs>